0: On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And uh, the uh, old sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here. And boy, Charlie, look at outside there, huh? Whoa. Wow. It's nasty. It's pouring. Yeah. And the temp is apparently going to continue to drop. And uh, then that's going to be fun for people on the road. So we'll kind of uh, judge what the heck we do today. We might based be staying on... here for the rest yeah. of the weekend. And uh, just quickly, uh, mm. if, if I had um, a, a cigar to hand you. No, if I had a cigar, I would give I would give you one or a whole box full.
2: Cigars, <laughs> good. I like them. I Yeah, like That
1: usually goes along with a birth announcement, and uh-huh. that's exactly what I'm going to do.
2: What, you're having a baby?
1: Well, uh, I've had one. As a yes. matter of fact, in this past week, mm-hmm. I have uh, learned that I have... Of a new daughter mm. in my family who on June 2nd will celebrate her 50th birthday. Oh my. And the story of how all this came about quite something. And we going to do a little uh, unveiling of the story between uh, myself and my new daughter, Natasha. Um, sometime just shortly after 2 o'clock on oh, my right, show this right. afternoon. We we'll
2: look forward to hearing more details oh, on yeah. that. Congratulations, of course. Uh, but of course, when you said the story of how this all came about, is it's kind of not rocket science, how is
1: come about right no, quite true quite true <laughs> but the, 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 uh, the story that wraps around that right. is, is and, rather and uh, the fact that fun. you've
2: just yeah. Yeah, yeah discovered a brand new family member
1: unbelievable yeah very yeah. cool
2: okay so you point out the weather you're absolutely yeah. right um
1: you got a gig up Things in Things are not,
2: not pretty, exactly. So after the show, I am supposed to be jumping in my car and racing up the highway to Barry mm-hmm. to the Tangle Creek Golf Club, where the Barry Garden Club is hosting their spring seminar uh-huh. all day today. Mm. So not sure whether I'm going to make it there or not. I will do my best. I should be there on stage at mm-hmm. one thirty this afternoon. And my topic is great gardens with less water as it's pouring rain. Boy, what kind of a spring are we having so far? This is just wacky. Um, hey, remember last week I told you about the Zoomer Show, the Garden episode of the Zoomer Show that I taped uh, yes. two weeks ago yes. or so. Uh-huh. That will be airing this Monday evening, or sorry, this Monday nine a.m. and ten p.m. on okay. Vision TV, and a well, and again on Friday, April twentieth, mm-hmm. two p.m. and eleven p.m. And of course, it's also posted online at the right mm-hmm. so you can catch that episode because i know you are very interested to learn more about gardening absolutely am i right you are right oh you're saying that sarcastically <laughs> no, I, I, no i'm not <laughs> so i hear you're now the proud owner uh, of an orchid speaking yes. of gardening yes yes well i'm sure we'll talk more about okay. that at some point right. too uh okay just one more thing coming up Oh, cool. How about that? I remember that. Yes. What's the common name oh, of phalaenopsis? Oh, I don't. Moth know. orchid. Moth. If you look at the flowers, they kind of look know. like yeah. a moth. They, they have those wings yep. on the side. Very cool. Moth orchids. Oh. Phalaenopsis, is very cool. And you—you you, that Latin just <sighs> rolls off your tongue, man. Yeah, it does. Okay, so this Monday, April 16th, I will be at the Port Hope Horticultural Society yep. meeting, the Ruth Clark Center, 81 Mill Street in Port Hope, 7 p.m. Uh, special presentation all about gardening as we mature. Perfect timing, of course, mm-hmm. after the Ageless Gardens Gardens TV series that just aired here on Vision TV. And I will have DVD copies of the TV series with me for sale for anyone interested in watching again and again and again. Uh, one more important thing there's so much going on. Oh, right. Next Sunday, Sunday, April 22nd, I'm joining the 8th Annual Hosta Forum at the Glen Cairn Golf Club, nine nine eight zero seven Regional Road 25 in Halton Hills. It's an all-day hosta event. Oh. So for the hosta fans, man, this is one you do not want to miss. All right. I'll be on stage at 12.45 speaking about gardening in a changing climate. Of course, there's lots going on with other speakers. Auctions, prizes, food. It's It's an all-day big event. Tickets are not available at the door. So if you want to go register in advance at normlimpy norm-l-i-m-p-y at hotmail.com and I heard from Heather Mm -hmm. Sinopoli from the Riverdale Horticultural Society. They are selling worm castings again this spring as their annual fundraiser. You've had some good success with those in the past. Indeed, yeah. Uh, Large bags which is about a 50 pound bag cost a mere $15. That's $15. Half size bags are $10. More information. Information, RHS for Rich Riverdale Hort Society, RHS, wormcastings at gmail.com. Okay. You know, I forgot to pass along the phone numbers for hey, everything. Good yeah,
1: okay. So our little mantra goes call early, call often. One question per call. The phone numbers, if you're in Toronto, 416 360 um, 0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll free 1 866 747 4740. I'll do that again, one 740 4740 And if you are a first-time caller, let Joshua Barbeau, who is our operator today, know, and he'll pass that along. And when you arrive at the airwaves, hey, hey
2: you get, get your wings.
1: Exactly. Back in just a moment here on the Garden Show as we swim about on this Saturday morning.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And we're going uh, to... Hey,
1: water is in, in the next... Not just outside, oh, but we're going yeah. to water forward, And there's Jerry on the line. Good morning, Jerry.
3: <laughs> Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Love your show. Good
4: morning. Thank you. Um, okay, I have two David Austins, and I would like to know when I should cut them back and how far, and right now they look dead, but I'm hoping they're not.
2: <laughs> so first question, I assume you bought them and planted these, these roses? Yes, uh, coming up to three years ago. All right, and do you recall when you got the roses, are they growing on their own roots or are they grafted?
4: Oh, good question. They were a Mother's Day gift, okay. last gift from my husband, so I don't know.
2: And in the past winters, have you ever mounded soil around the roses no. as protection? No. Okay. And they yep. have survived the winters? They have, I think. <clears throat> well, um, as I say right now, they look kind of
3: dead,
5: but I don't
2: know. <laughs> well, m- most of the roses um, are, most of the, the canes, particularly the tops of the canes, are dead on the roses at this point. Of course, no rush to get out to the garden at for this weekend, uh, the roses should be alive at the crown, which is way down where the root and the, and the canes come together. Ground level, basically. Right. So for now, just leave your roses alone. Wait until we start getting some warmth, some sunshine, some dryness in the air. You will get out there with your sharp pruners. You'll get down on your hands and knees and you will cut the roses right back to, well, I bring mine down to about two inches tall. So, wow. you know, not very big. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're talking like five centimeters. Now you also have to choose which canes to keep. When you look down at your rose, it should look like an open hand with the fingers or the canes growing away from the center to the outside of the plant. Right. If there's any little branches or um, stems or canes growing on the inside, particularly rubbing together or interfering with each other or um, looking like they're going to come together into the center of the plant, they are cut out. Removed okay. entirely. So okay. that's a, a great spring job on a a dry sunny day at the when i'm doing that pruning back i will typically also fertilize at that time so depending on whether you're fertilizing with compost or fertilizing with rose food roses love food and will respond very favorably to being fed in the spring when you're doing that cutting back great all righty yeah all okay. right two inches Yep, yep. Just as as a rule of thumb, though, because you want to encourage new growth, and it's on that new growth that you'll get lots of flowers.
3: And a lot of stems on these two rose bushes yet.
2: Yes, probably. Most of us are afraid to prune and don't prune enough, so... Okay. Spring is yeah. the time to do it. Roses respond very well to pruning.
1: All righty. Thank yeah. you, Jerry. Thanks for calling. You betcha. And uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking out the window. I can't get over the... I can't the even see out the window.
2: Yeah. It's like solid. It's like a sheet of water.
1: Well, all righty then. <sighs> Let's swim upstream yeah, here. swim <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Over to Mrs. Saga. There's Lynn. Good morning, Lynn.
2: Oh, hi. Good morning,
5: Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Uh, I have a little plant I bought at the grocery store couple weeks ago called, called Renunc. Ranunculus. That's right, yep. And uh, I want it, it's just absolutely gorgeous. It's got a nice tight. Uh bloom on it, mm-hmm. like it's got three blooms. Nice. And I just wanted to know, is that a perennial or annual? Is it something I could leave, I could plant outside and leave outside over the winter?
2: No, or? it is not. It's not a perennial. It will not survive outside. Okay. However, it will be a very nice annual out in your garden once we are frost-free mm-hmm. and ice-free. Outside, sunny location, you can incorporate that plant into a mixed planter. You could plant it in a sunny location. There's small, you know, very calm packed, growing, um, lovely flowers. People are always super attracted to the flowers because they're poofy. They're like little, uh, you know, those flowers they decorate cars with for yeah, weddings right yes, those very
5: tight super, the petals together yeah just, super
2: fluffy lots and lots of petals so and they're bright they're very attractive flowers so and, just keep it you've got it in the house which is good you wouldn't want it out in this weather right now and uh yeah just keep it indoors until we're frost free and then get it out into the sunshine it should do fine all summer
5: and and will it continually bloom it should well, yeah if you, if yep yep keep fertilizing for
2: exactly keep fertilizing yeah. and give it enough yeah. sun and a reason make sure it's a well-drained soil
5: and, and what kind of uh, of uh, family of plants does that belong to? Is it related to to mums um, or something? Or? No,
2: no. They're definitely not a mum family, but off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you, but I will certainly look that up and let you know.
5: Yeah, it was grown in Canada, the TAG said. Yes. I guess that doesn't uh, really... Uh
2: no, but that's good. We like, that's that, you know, yeah. grow local, buy local, yeah. enjoy yeah. local, so, uh, and there are a number of growers that do grow ranunculus at this point, at this time, because there's just, they're so pretty. Um, this is the time of year we get them, too. Yeah, it
5: looks nice and cheery. And yeah, Particularly like well, <laughs> <really laughs> on a gray day. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Th- Thank thanks you. a lot, Liz. Thank you for calling. Oh, okay. And uh, we're bumping up uh, against our next uh, little break here, so uh, just sit back, relax. You are listening to The Garden Show from Zuma Radio, with, uh, of course, Star starring charlie dobbin and if you want to contact charlie by the way uh, via email uh, here's her address okay <laughs> it
2: works now my it, email is back on y- yes, track thanks so to the thank guys you.
1: in the uh, it department exactly. there. c dot dobbin d-o-b-b-i-n at
0: mzmedia.com and we'll be back in just a moment Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, here we go.
1: One in town, maybe just around the corner, Elaine on the line. Good morning, Elaine. Good
2: morning. How are you today? Great. Good morning. Great. Yep. It's a nice, gray day. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
3: Um, Charlie, I'm calling about my uh, Hoya plant. Mm-hmm. Uh the uh, a couple of weeks ago I was listening to Ed Lawrence and someone called in bragging about their Hoya plant. They're profusely blooming, da 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 And
2: that?
3: <laughs> here is my uh, yes, here is mine that I've had for about six, seven years. It's huge. Oh it's my beautiful.
2: But it's languishing in terms of flowers, is yep, it? Yep.
3: And I've tried uh, making it go to the faucet by itself to,
2: to get water. That <laughs> I they was going to say. Yeah.
3: Uh, I've got it on an east window. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I would really like some blooms. What can I do?
2: Well, okay. So is the east window the brightest window you have?
3: Right now, yes.
2: Okay, because the hoya does respond well. To the brighter, the brightest light possible. They, uh, they're a very, it's almost a succulent. You know, the leaves are very leathery. Yeah. uh, Lots of storage opportunity for liquid within the plant. Right. So that's why they joke about, you know, make it find its own water. Right. So the trick with hoya is when you think it's time to water, wait another week. I've done that. And so yeah, just you want that's the stress part. You want to take it to the point of water stress, and often it will start forming flower buds as a response. We don't really know why. We always say, well, the plant thinks that, you know, its its death is near. Therefore, it thinks better get some flowers going right. to produce some seeds so that, you know, the genetics are maintained. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I'm not sure. We anthropomorphize plants all the time. Well, so, I've
3: done that. I've yeah, done that. Yeah, uh, so what we, about fertilizer?
2: Well, at this time of year, days are getting longer. All the plants are responding to the longer days. So there's no question it is an appropriate time to be fertilizing all of our plants. Okay, Indoor plants. Uh, with Hoya, you'd stick to a flowering plant fertilizer. Okay. So it's going, it, it, you know, it could be miracle Grow. It could be anything that's going to encourage flowering. Um, so it's just a, a question of sort of feeding the indoor plants. <laughs> Excuse me, and then getting outside, and we'll be feeding our outdoor plants soon once we can get outside.
3: Okay, so I'm doing all the right things, but it's not cooperating.
2: Yeah, well, and the more, if you could increase the light levels, it might make a difference as well. Even consider some supplementary lighting, perhaps uh, uh, yeah. I'll grow light. Yeah, a grow light. Okay, all right, all right. Thanks Let very much. Thanks. Know how that goes.
1: All righty. and uh, oh, off to my old stomping grounds of Saint Catharines to uh, welcome Shelley to the line here. Hey, hi, hi, Shelley. How you doing?
6: I'm great. How are you guys? doing? Good Good morning. Good morning. Um, I called last week, Charlie, and asked you about my begonias for planting them. And I got that job done this week. But now I'd like to know, where do I put them? Do I put them (laughs) in the south window for some warmth and some heat to get them started? Or do I keep them in more the north side where it's more shady?
2: Uh, Okay, good question. The heat value is a good one from the bottom. So having warm soil will speed up growth of the begonia tuber. However, the actual plants do not need bright, intense light. So I go north window with a heating pad underneath or on top of the fridge where it's nice and warm as well. You have no growth yet, right? They're still dormant? The Oh,
7: yes.
6: Yes. Actually, one of them was actually starting to show some signs of of a little bit of a bud coming out. Oh, which nice. They yeah. really
2: surprised me. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, when they go outside, they're going to go into a fairly low-light situation. Inside, yeah. of course, uh, I, I, kind of, I spoke a bit wrong there in the sense that inside, because our windows typically have all kinds of UV filters and they're, you know, really good at trying to limit the, the um, high light intensity coming into our homes, <laughs> it might not be a bad idea to take your tubers and have them actually in the south window. Uh, but do keep an eye... Turn the, the containers every day 180 degrees because you want balanced growth. They, they will respond to that light. It's just when you get outside, you don't want such intense light. And, and if they start to look kind of pale as the leaves start to unfurl, they, if the greenness seems to be paling down, then get them, out, get them in a little less light because there's a fine line between too much light and they'll burn and not enough light and they'll stretch.
6: Okay, so maybe on top of the fridge then, which is kind of nestled?
2: Well, that's your bottom heat, right? That'll give you that warmth from below, and that'll yeah. encourage that growth to start. Once it starts, though, it's probably quite dark up on top of oh. your fridge. So once you start getting those little little leaves starting to to form and to sort of protrude from the tubers, then get them into the into the windowsill. And you're right, the southern window is always warmer than the north. So better to start in the south. You may have to move to the north in the next month or so. Unless for some reason spring comes and you can get them outside in yeah. the next month or so, okay. right?
6: Okay, all right. Well, with the ice storm thing coming, I'm no. thinking. Well, maybe it was it was a good time that I started them because they're they're not too far advanced in only a day.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. It is a good time, definitely now, because you yeah. you want to get them woken up and and actively growing before you take them outside, and then it'll only be a matter of weeks before you have blooms.
6: Excellent. Okay. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much.
2: Thanks, hey, thanks for Shirley. calling again.
1: And <laughs> actually, I'm going to apologize uh, on behalf of both of us. Yeah. We're, we're uh, both suffering from this darn cold. It's like a the 100-day cough. I've, I've heard it's it. It's the cough. Referred it's to. the killer. I know. It never. You it's, think you get rid yeah. of it, and damn, the next day you're back hacking and coughing. I know it's so, true. And
2: I keep getting emails from people. Go. Like I remember Mark DeZero, who's yeah. been on the show with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, you want to, you know, come to Toronto, come on the show. He goes, Oh, I have this cough. I can't yeah. come on the radio.
1: <laughs> oh, see, <laughs> and, uh,
2: and I was like, oh yeah, here we go. And they you know you off. can't yeah. control
1: it. So our apologies yeah. in advance. We sound for like any future a couple of tuberculosis <laughs> <coughing type laughs> people here. <laughs> All righty. Let's wander over to Wanda. Hey, in Scarborough. Good morning, Wanda.
7: Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning, Wanda. Your information is always appreciated. Good stuff. I have this Rose of Sharon in the southeast corner fence mm-hmm. and it's about um. Oh, seven and a half feet tall. It has one main trunk that's a little bit curved. Mm -hmm. And then there's two straight ones that I would like to cut out, Mm -hmm. if that's possible.
2: Where where, Okay, so the one main stem from the ground, and then the two straight ones, where do they come off that main stem? How far above the ground?
7: Uh, They're quite close, really.
2: To the ground? Yes. Uh, But you would prefer this plant to be a tree rather than a shrub?
7: Right, and I used to have to pick up 50 of the little uh, spent flowers every day. Oh, yeah. so I would like to make it a little
2: little smaller. Right, good idea. And this is the time to do it, though obviously not today. No. No, no pruning when it's this wet, and, and nobody wants to be outside if they can avoid it today. Um, however, spring is definitely the right time to be doing whatever pruning, particularly pruning for shape. Rosa Sharon responds extremely well to being pruned in the spring. So what you'll do mm-hmm. when, when you can get outside on a nice dry day, uh, sharp pruners. And to remove those... those the um, straight stems, that, like you said, are fairly close to ground level is not a big deal. The main thing is look closely. You will see that on your main slightly curved stem that you referred to, the main one from the ground, yes. that, and then the, the other little branches come off of it, there is going to be a, what we call a branch collar. So there's a little kind of a, a ring around that that branch that is shooting off of the main stem. You want to cut just outside the, the branch collar. You don't want to damage the, the branch collar, but you don't want to cut too far beyond, otherwise you'll end up with a stub that will just rot and look horrendous. So it's, a, it's a, the spot to, to do your trimming is quite clear when you take a look, and you'll see that ring, and you'll cut a nice clean cut right at the outside line of that ring. It will heal over quite quickly. Meanwhile, you might want to even bring the top down if it's already seven and a half feet tall. Yes. Bring down a couple of feet off the top because, again, you want those flowers to be at eye level, not way up, you know, second right. story. Right. So, well, no worries. you know take two feet two and a half feet off the top, not a problem good. whatsoever and just remember when you 're doing your pruning, prune to an outside facing bud, so yes, that the next growth that will that will begin after mm-hmm. you 've done your pruning will grow to the outside of the plant, not to the inside of the plant where it gets all uh starts running into each other and gets damaged and looks silly.
7: well, I was going to mention those two uh Sprouting stems are about an inch in diameter, okay. so I need a saw.
2: <laughs> you may. Either that or, yeah, well, there are um, what we call limbing saws. They're small, sharp uh, saws used for those tight situations, or a, oh. pair of, a good pair of loppers could work as well. Mm-hmm. You know, again, sharp tools are absolutely important. Now, with a bigger branch like that, we use a three-cut method. You don't want to make your first cut your final cut. No. In- instead, bring it down, you know, leave a, leave it a foot high, uh, s- stub, so get rid of that top bit. Now go right down to where your final cut's going to be and, uh, oh. and make it nice and clean. Because uh-huh. when you start to make a cut with a heavier branch, it's it keels over, gravity takes it down to the ground, and before you know it, it strips back bark right down off the uh, the main plant, which you do not want to do. You don't want to do any bark damage to what you're, you know, the final plant that's being left behind.
7: No. Okay. And there's one other little piece that's coming off the main uh, branch, mm-hmm. and I wondered if I could just take it off, too, to shape it.
2: Yeah, of course. Yep.
7: Yep. so that's not so going to hurt the. Not uh, at
2: all. It's the time to do it. It's like not today, but no. spring is the time to do it for sure. Oh, that's wonderful! Absolutely, prune for so shape much. and for health. Okay. All, all right. right. Thanks, Wanda. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Wanda. Send yep. pictures. Yeah, exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, well, now here's a location that fits the occasion: Bellwood, Ontario. Yeah, exactly. That's where Marilyn's calling from, hey, She's she a, a
2: first-time caller. First time. So
4: here's the bell. Bell's hey. in Bellwood.
1: Welcome, uh, Marilyn.
4: Thank you very much. Good morning. Nice to be on the show. Yeah. We have the rain up here, too, so not to worry. You're not the only one. I know,
2: I know. What's your temperature like there right now, do you know? Very cold. Yeah. Like below zero?
4: Um... Not quite, but I think it's just hovering on the zero line. I haven't really been out. It I don't ignali. want to go out.
2: No, don't. <laughs> no. don't. No, I know. It's just that's the whole thing is the temperature is going to drop as the day goes along. And it was yeah. two degrees when I got here, so I'm mm. not sure. I'm going to check and see what it is now.
4: Well, there were ice crystals on the on the walkway, so oh, it can't be tells, that warm.
2: Okay. Yeah, because you're cooler. You're yep. near Guelph You're always there. quite
4: a bit cooler, yeah, yeah two or three mm. degrees anyway. Mm. Anyway, I have a quick question about a hosta. Mm. I know that the best time to thin them out is in the spring, mm-hmm. and I want to move some of them because we are moving out of t- we are moving to another house this year, okay. and I'd like to take some of them with me Good or part idea. of them, you yeah. know, because mm-hmm. they're getting pretty crowded anyway. So how do I go about that? Do I, do I take them out this spring and plant them in a pot, yeah. or do I wait to the
2: fall? No, I would pot them up if you can, mm-hmm. meaning you have good-sized pots. Like, you don't want to try and... Cut that root back so far that now the poor little plant is is struggling. So make sure you've got minimum one gallon, two gallon nursery size pots. Okay. Um, dig up uh, and easiest time by far <clears throat> to do this is in the spring, mm-hmm. before the leaves emerge from below ground. Yeah. It's very clear where the noses, if you will, of the hosses will be coming up, Mm -hmm. and at that time, with a sharp shovel, you can easily sever pieces away from the the mother plant or the main plant, Mm -hmm. and with that severed Crown, because of course there's the nose at ground level. Following down, there's the root below. So that's that whole chunk which will go into a pot. Okay. But if you're not moving till the like, when are you moving? Like September, October? We or? don't
4: know because oh. we're building the house.
2: Right, and yeah. it's
4: going to be depend on the builders and how quickly right. it gets done. It probably won't be until the late fall or early early winter. Hmm. So, so that, that's why I'm questioning if I should do it in the spring or Yeah, I
2: mean you're gonna falls. have to maintain them once once they're above ground in pots, you're gonna have to maintain them, which can be a bit of a pain. Mm-hmm. So if you, you think it's likely you're gonna move that late, then I would probably wait till the fall. Because in the fall, by the time we get into September, mid, even late September, you can just go through and cut the leaves down. Yeah. And then again, now you again can see in the fall what we can see in the spring, which is exactly mm-hmm. where the growing points are. So yeah. you could do that. Same lifting. Now, keep in mind, though, if you're not going to get a chance to plant these hostas in their final location, in their new home, make sure that you, that you at least leave the hostas in, a, in the pots. But when you get to the new place, bury the pots underground for the winter.
4: Bury it underground or keep
2: it inside in the garage? No, don't keep it inside. No, just bury them underground. Be much bury. easier. And oh. and you won't know where they are because yeah. <laughs> it'll just be like a wasteland. So make yeah. sure you've got some little markers, stakes or something that you stick in the ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can do that. Obviously, the construction people are going to be working there all summer and fall. So, yeah. and if you're close enough, you can just drive over at your own convenience. Yes. Just designate a little corner where the construction people aren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe put up a little bit of a fence, you know, with some just some string and some wires, some bamboo stakes. Let them know that you're going to be moving some landscape plants into that corner, and they're not to be driving or interfering. And just work mm-hmm. away at it throughout the summer. Okay. Start with the pots uh, above ground, and then as we get closer to winter, just sink them under the ground before Ah. winter.
4: Okay great thank you very much and where is that Conference next weekend, or that? That's in day.
2: Milton. <clears throat> That's a, the big hosta event. It mm-hmm. is in Milton. Where is it? Where is it? Where is, that is it? Glen
4: Gary Golf Club, or something like that? Yeah, business?
2: Glen Cairn. It's called Glen, Glen Cairn. Cairn Golf Club. Nine eight zero seven Regional Road twenty five.
4: And what was the gentleman's name to get the tickets?
2: Norm N O R M Norm Limpy. One word. L I M P Y Norm Limpy at, hotmail.com. at hotmail dot com.
4: Yeah. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you very
2: much. Hopefully, I'll see you next yes,
1: week. Yes, hopefully. Okay. Thank you. Thanks Marilyn. for calling. Indeed, and, and don't uh, be a stranger. Yeah, do not be a stranger. Coffee's always on. Just a reminder of the phone <coughs> numbers as we go to another break here: uh, four in Toronto, four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Anywhere in the province, toll free 866 seven forty four seven forty. Going to give Charlie a little break here, and uh, she can. Re- recover some, some uh, lost air there uh, and we'll be back in just a moment daffodils and daisies bluebells and begonias for scythia and fox
7: clubs marigolds magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias delphiniums stalks fox hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams
0: you've picked the right place for everything floral This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's uh, run off to Milton
1: here. Just Mm, before we go there, one quick
2: thought I wanted to just share. Uh, Earlier in the show, Lynn called from Mississauga. She was wondering about ranunculus and the family and whether they were related to mums or anything like that. Uh, I said no, but I wasn't sure what the family. So it's easy. The the family is ranunculaceae, which is no surprise there, uh, because family names always end with an... A E A E, most well-known genera within the Ranunculaceae are, obviously, Ranunculus, but also Delphiniums oh. belong to the same family, which is actually their leaves are quite similar if you look closely. Thalictrum, again, a very, um, very filigreed leaf. Clematis. And aconitum. So all those plants are members of the same family. Clematis is the one that doesn't really fit, but all those other ones, yeah. the, the leaves are very, very similar.
1: Alrighty. All righty. Thanks right. for passing that along. Now, from Milton, here's Rosa. Hey, Rosa, good morning.
3: Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Um, I got, three years ago, two orchid plants. hmm okay and the flowers were beautiful and then the next year they came back then i had a friend and she said to me that where the flowers grew the stalk. she says you should take that off so i took it off both of them mm-hmm. i haven't seen a flower again mm. now i'm wondering that maybe if when i took that stock off i took it off completely And, uh, maybe because that was where the flowers were coming from, that's where they're gonna come from. Is that
2: correct? Uh, well, the interesting thing about orchids is that they can, that that green flower stalk that comes from low on the plant, and when we receive them as gifts, typically are full of buds and blooms. Exactly. And, and you're right. Your friend did what I always thought was the right thing to do, is once those flowers are, are done, and you've just got that green stem sticking out there, to remove it. Because that's normally what we do when we deadhead Blooms are gone, we remove the flower stem. But what I learned after that is that orchids are unusual in the sense that more buds can potentially grow off of that green flower stem. So we don't actually cut it away until it is brown right down to the base. Like it will either die back and then we'll remove it, or we'll just leave it alone. And surprise, surprise, more buds and blooms can form. Meanwhile, though, another flower stem can also form down low on the plant. So let's think about what you're doing to encourage that to happen. So that's probably the main thing now is just getting new flower stems growing. And that's Light levels, right, sort of soft, diffuse light, northern or eastern window is a happy place for the orchids. Lots of consistent moisture, not wet, but, but consistent moisture for the plant. And the odd bit of fertilizer now and then. We're at that time of year where all the plants are going to benefit from some fertilizer. And, of course, it's a specific orchid fertilizer you're going to use uh, for, the, for the orchids.
3: A Pacific one or it just doesn't matter. I'll go and say I want some some orchid uh, fertilizer and yeah. they'll, they'll say what? <laughs> what kind or whatever or well,
2: what? Well, depending on where you're shopping. You go to a, a garden center, you might have a couple of choices. You go to like a Home Depot or something like that, you'll typically have one choice. Any of the orchid fertilizers, typically I get one that's water-soluble. So it'll just say, you know, fertilizer for orchids and then you mix with water, water the plants or, di- you know, sub- Submerge in a best case, what you do is you submerge pot and all. Under that fertilized water, let it really get in amongst all the bark and in, in amongst all those big spaces in the bark chips, and then drain it back in its window location, and they respond very nicely to that kind of an experience.
3: Then, then you are not a, uh, you do not believe in putting the ice cubes in there?
2: I'm not a big fan of ice cubes. I think it's a little bit on the cold side for a tropical plant that has never seen an ice cube until it came to your house. So <laughs> I just think it's it's kind of cold on their little roots. I avoid the ice cubes. I understand why they recommend it. Uh, it is a slow percolation of water, which is what orchids like but it's so cold i don't think it's a very happy percolation of water i, okay. I prefer to actually immerse the, the pots under liquid and un, you know room temperature mm-hmm. water or fertilized water uh, so that they just really really get a good saturation and then a good drain in the sink and then back onto the window ledge and you know that's every week or 10 days depending on how much sunshine we're getting and and indoor temperatures
3: so. Okay then. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. You, I was going to throw them out, but now I'm going to keep them and see what happens. Yeah, do yeah, because they're, otherwise yeah. they're they're very healthy. They're very like always the. Um, oh my god.
2: The green the yeah the, the leaves, leaves.
3: The, leaves. Yeah. the leaves come so that's great you, so know, that, you know
2: if okay. the leaves are healthy everything's going well all you need to do is just give them that little extra push for some flowers okay
1: okay thank you very much thanks You're Rosa welcome and uh, we're going to have to take our final break of the show and that will leave uh, time to say hi to Lorraine Marlene and Lou who are waiting online we'll join them in just moments here on the garden show
0: change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio
1: and here we go to cambridge and there's lorraine hi lorraine hello lorraine morning i usually um, trim my evergreens so that they're wider at the top and no
3: wider at the bottom, right. so yeah. there's green to the ground, Good. and my neighbor helpfully in the last two years, has <laughs> trimmed the cedar, so it's you Obviously. see just a lot of brown sticks at the bottom, yes. and it bulges out over the sidewalk, and as I start trimming now to cut back that. That bulge and would it, would it grow back in at the bottom?
2: i have to tell them not to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the challenge was cedar... how old are these cedars? Do you have any idea how long? Very old. You, I've been here oh, thirty years. And they were there when you moved in. Yes. Hmm. Well, cedars are a bit unpredictable. Sometimes they will the old woody growth at the bottom will not um cause, not sort of allow any new fresh growth and just stay brown and naked and and ugly. Sometimes though, surprisingly, new growth will form. It won't be necessarily uniform, but there it will slowly fill in. It comes down to the health and, and vigor of the plants. So the older they are, typically the less vigor they have. But then again, if they've been fairly well maintained over the years, they're fairly healthy. You may find that, you know, there's lots of opportunity for these plants to actually push new growth. I would. I mean, they're certainly not going to get better. Left bulging over the sidewalk and narrow at the bottom. So you you either remove them and start again, or you know put that string line up and get them trimmed up so that they're narrower at the top and wider at the bottom. Even if you do end up exposing some um, sort of gnarly growth at the top, you're more likely to get fresh growth up there than you are at the bottom as we go into the season. Right. I mean, this is all about. T- timing. So you're optimal time to be doing any trimming on your evergreen cedars and evergreens in general is when they're actively growing. And based on what's going on this spring, it is a while yet before we see any active growth in our evergreens. It's usually mid-June, early June kind of timing. So it's more just staying on top of the weather and seeing what's going on. But once you're starting to see that flush, the new buds forming on the evergreens, get out your shears and your pruners and start cleaning them up. They, They won't get better uh, wide at the top and narrow at the bottom ever at all. So, even if it looks silly, change it up. All right. Okay. Thanks very much. All Thanks right, Lorraine, calling. thank
1: you for joining us here on this watery Saturday morning. <laughs> and, oh, Frank's reaching for the bell. Uh, uh, yeah, wait a minute. Get some
2: exercise.
0: There
1: it good is. Good Marlene in Guelph. Good morning, Marlene.
2: Hi, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show.
3: Well, thank you. And uh, happy rainy day.
0: <laughs> I
1: know.
2: Great <laughs> exactly. day all right across the province.
3: Yeah, so... I have an amaryllis bulb, which I believe is just a few years old. Mm -hmm. I put it outside during the summer, Mm -hmm. brought it back in, and put it in my uh, cold, dark, cool, dark place until the end of November. Mm -hmm. Then I potted it, Mm -hmm. brought it upstairs, and now it has four very healthy-looking Leaves, Mm -hmm. uh, all 12 to 15 inches long, Mm -hmm. but no
2: flower. No flower. What happened? (laughs) Um, you know, you're experiencing what I have experienced for years and years, which is you follow the rules, you treat your amaryllis like you're supposed to, and it disappoints with no flowers but gives you lots of leaves. Mm -hmm. All I can say is don't give up because after. 30 years of trying, or 40 years of trying, I actually succeeded this year for the first time ever and ended up with three bulbs re blooming from last year. Mm-hmm. So, what I would suggest, what I mean, what sort of worked, if you will, after 40 years of trying, what worked was I did not do not take them out of the pots. Do again what with this plant, what you did last year. Let it grow as a green plant, mm-hmm. all spring inside, get it outside for the summer, mm-hmm. still in that pot, let it grow as a green plant somewhere out in the garden in the pot towards the end of the summer bring it into a situation where it does not get any more water so it's all those green leaves will shrivel up and turn yellow from lack of water you'll clean up those green leaves it's all just still in a pot dry soil bulb into that dark spot it doesn't have to be super cool but it just needs to be left alone no water no light and that you're right it's it's kind of a september october november pull it out one good thorough watering into a sunny location and see what happens. Okay. Cross your fingers, flowers come that time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Marlon. Thank Marley. you. Thanks Alrighty. for calling.
1: Uh, and I'm glad we uh, are able to get into uh, our last call of the situation here mm-hmm. because Lou is a uh, first time caller. From Maybe. She's not sure. baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll give him the ring anyway. Yeah, that's right. Hello there. Good
3: morning. Good morning. How are you today?
2: Excellent. How are you?
3: Oh, good, good. Waiting for the weather to clear, but uh, we know it's coming anyway. My question for you today, Charlie, is I had read that Epsom salts is a good fertilizer for roses, and I'm just wondering if you agree with that. Or a, uh, another brand would be better.
2: Okay, so Epsom salts are actually so amazing. They, they're m- b- mind-boggling because you can just about cure everything with Epsom salts.
3: Oh, yes. great, great. And so do I just mix it with water or just put it right into the soil? No,
2: you'll uh, d- directly apply Epsom salts to the surface of the soil around your roses. What you do, do you have access to a computer? to the internet? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, so there is, is something called, just Google Epsom salt. There is mm-hmm. the Epsom Salt Council of Canada and uh-huh. on their website, it gives you all kinds of directions on how to use Epsom salts, including oh. how to use them as food for roses. Oh, However, wonderful. Epsom salts are magnesium sulfate. Right. Magnesium and sulfur, nothing wrong with feeding roses. They need those elements. But they need more than just magnesium sulfate. Okay. So, Epsom salts is not a balanced fertilizer. It's not a complete fertilizer. So, you will still need to get a proper rose food for your roses to do the complete feeding that's required to truly encourage good-looking and healthy growth. Okay.
3: So would I apply the the Epsom salts and the
2: fertilizer at the same time? or I'd there... probably wait a week or so in between. I'd probably go, go regular rows, fertilizer first, followed by Epsom salts a week later. And unfortunately, we have to go.
1: Yeah, Lou, we time call, here, Lou. but thank you for calling.
2: Yes, there it is. The clock's right. just ticking away there. So, yes, yeah,
1: got to go, got to go.
2: Thank you, Frank. Hey, uh, thank you, Charlie. I uh, appreciate all your support, and I look forward to hearing more about your exciting re- announcement you'll be making later this afternoon with some of the details. And I'm waving to the
1: camera here to my new doctor. Natasha, who's listening in. And I'll be telling you the story of my new daughter um, coming up just after 2
0: this afternoon. uh, Good stuff. We'll be
2: listening in. Thank you. Thanks, Joshua. Great job. See you all again
0: next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.